0: You've probably heard the term servant leadership, but isn't this a contradiction? How can someone be a servant and a leader at the same time? Don't leaders tell other people what to do? In this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard unpacks this important concept. If you want to be a better leader, this episode is for you. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first-century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to check out Dr. David K. Bernard's books. Dr. Bernard has written more than 30 books on biblical theology and Christian living and leadership. Visit Pentecostalpublishing.com and search David Bernard for a list of available titles. Enter promo code DKB10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. That's PentecostalPublishing.com, promo code DKB10 to save 10% at checkout. When we talk about leadership, in some circles and some conversations, we hear this word, or this phrase, servant leadership thrown around a lot. Now, when I think of those two terms, two words, servant and leadership, it seems like there might be a contradiction there. Because we think about a servant, that seems like somebody who does what somebody else tells them to do, serving them in some way. And when, when we think about leadership, we might think about somebody who gives orders or tells other people what to do. If that's the case, how can somebody be a servant leader? Can you help us make sense of that? Sure. I do believe it's a
1: valid scriptural concept. And uh, again, let me refer you to a more extensive resource. I've written a book called Spiritual Leadership in the 21st Century, and it discusses this very important topic and a lot of related things about what it means to be a spiritual leader. So it's for pastors, for ministers, but also for lay leaders as well. Spiritual Leadership in the 21st Century. Uh, but let's go to the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 20, and I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, the disciples of Jesus were arguing over who would be greatest in the kingdom of God. So Jesus took this opportunity for uh, teaching uh, uh, them. Uh, so Matthew 20, 25, but Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many." And that reminds me of after the Lord's Supper, Jesus washed his disciples' feet, John 13. He said, I've given you an example that you should do likewise. If I, your Lord, your master, your teacher, if I have done this menial job, which in that culture a servant would do, uh, of washing your feet, well, how much more should you be willing to serve one another? So it it does seem countercultural, and and Jesus even stated that it was. Although I will tell you that a number of business books have gotten a hold of this concept and said if you want to have a good business uh, and you want to be a good leader, if you would learn this principle, you'd be better. But I think Jesus is pointing out an obvious truth that you alluded to, that we think of a leader in the world, we think of a business leader or a politician or government official, we tend to think of how much money they get, how many perks and privileges, how many people they order, You know how many people are under them and report to them, and that's leadership. But Jesus said, don't think like that. In the church, you think about a leader is one who serves. So a simple illustration, if you're a pastor of 20 people, then you're trying to counsel them, pray for them. If they're sick, you visit them in the hospital, Um, you try to meet their needs in whatever way you can, primarily spiritually, but you're, you feel a responsibility to help them. Well, if you're a pastor of 200, now you're serving 200 people. So we might think, well, the pastor of 200 is higher position. He's probably full time. He's probably got a nice house. He's got a good income. So, you know, he may have a special parking spot because he's coming in and out and he, he doesn't need to look for a parking spot if he's got to come preach. And, and so he gets these little perks and privileges. Um, so that's a leader. But if you look behind the scenes, a good pastor will have a servant's heart. And what you don't see is he is praying, studying, visiting people, going to hospitals, counseling, helping with marriages, you know, helping uh, so but but not just with 20 people, 200 people. So he may be getting up early to go pray for someone before surgery. He may be awakened late at night with a crisis. and so he's on call uh, and I do think he needs to set some boundaries for his personal life and family. But the point is he's serving more people. So the quote higher in leadership, in the church the more you're serving and you should have a servant's heart so it's not wrong to aspire to leadership uh paul wrote in timothy you know if you aspire to the office of a bishop that's good if god has called you and you feel a burden to do that but coming back to what jesus said if that's what you feel feel is your calling remember it's to serve so you should only want that position if it enables you to be more effective in helping other people. Of course, as humans, we're all subject to mixed motives. So do we want the church to grow um, because more souls are saved and and discipled? Or do we want the church to grow because, hey, we'll get more prestige and name recognition and maybe a, a better salary? Well, it might be both. But I think what we have to do is periodically as leaders go back to God in prayer and say, Lord, purge me. Of impure motives and help me to want the right thing, but help me to want it for the right reason. Help me to always be a servant, never lose sight that I'm to be a servant. Uh, you know, there's an interesting story. Um, so, Jesus having, if you read, I already alluded to John 13, the washing of feet. Uh, it, it's an interesting statement. Jesus having authority from God. So, as a man, he was divinely ordained. And of course, he was God manifest in the flesh. But since he had divine authority, he washed feet. Well, that's counterintuitive. We expect since he had divine authority, you know, he defeated the enemies or he healed the sick or he cast out demons. But, no, he served. And there's an also a story of a centurion that had a servant that was sick. And so this this pagan or this Gentile, but he did have faith, he comes to Jesus and says, um, Lord, heal him. And you don't have to come. To my house, just speak the word, and you can heal him. Because he says, I'm a man under authority, and I tell a soldier to go when he goes. And you you would think he would say, I am a man of authority. You know, I have authority, so I know how to exercise it. But he said, I'm a man under authority, so I know how authority works. Now, that's interesting. Because I'm submitted to leadership, I know how to lead. Because I serve someone else, I know how to guide the person that's under me so that's a little different concept of leadership than what we think let me give you another passage of scripture it's found in first peter chapter 5 the apostle peter writing to the elders which that term is also used equivalently of pastors and bishops in the new testament as we see here even uh, first peter 5 1 the elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Now it's interesting, Uh the King James says feed, but the literal word in Greek is to be a shepherd, which of course feeds, but it, you should note that the, the King James word pastor in English, is equivalent to shepherd. So here the elders are called the shepherds or pastors. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers. And here the Greek word is the same word translated as bishop. So here we see, at least in this context, leaders of the local church are called elders slash pastors slash bishops. So these are the spiritual leaders of the church. So these are the people to whom the UPCI would give UPC would give ministerial credentials. And we would expect there would be a senior leader of the local church that we call the pastor or senior pastor. But other ministers of the church would also be elders, shepherds, overseers, Pastors, bishops, however, that that would be the New Testament terminology. So going back, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly. So you're not doing this because you're forced to, but because you you have a desire, you have a burden, you feel a calling. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. So don't take advantage of people. Don't use your position to get money from people, especially not fraudulently. But I think the connotation is don't misuse your position for the sake of personal gain to you. Um, it could include, um, you, you know, favoritism, uh, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly because you desire it. Nor is being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So a true spiritual leader or a true pastor is not a dictator, but an example. There's a true spiritual authority. There's a true pastoral authority. But it's as a servant, and it's by example. So we as leaders should, should do more than what we expect our followers. And if we want people to follow us, we have to go before them. We have to be first in dedication, in prayer, in sacrifice, in giving, in commitment, in love, in service, in humility. And no authority is unlimited except God's authority. All other authority must be accountable. Um, and when we are talking about church government, I said shared governance. So a pastor works with a church board and a congregation and a leadership team, and he listens to them. He gets advice to them. He's accountable to them just as they're accountable to him. So we see a well-rounded pastor or well-rounded spiritual leader does have spiritual authority, but it's accountable authority. It's mutual submission. That leader should have peers and leaders that he looks to that he listens to so whether it be if it's a pastor that man or woman's pastor or a district superintendent or presbyter may not be in charge of their whole life but they respect them and listen to them and get guidance from them or there may be spiritual elders or peers as you get older that you will be accountable to them so it's a picture of spiritual leadership that's accountable uh, that has a concept of interdependence, a concept of mutual submission, respect for authority, submission to authority, an example um, that he will do. If he expects his people to pay tithes, he pays tithes beyond himself, which we have through ministerial dues, at least in part. Uh, if he expects people to listen to his authority, then he listens to authorities in his life. Which would include, you know, leaders who are elected by the body and leaders whom God has placed over him. Not necessarily in all respects, but in relevant respects. Um, and so if he uh, wants his people to be faithful in attendance, then he should be faithful in attendance. And if he wants them to cooperate with the overall church program, he should lead his church in cooperating with the other churches in the district and general church program. So in other words, be an example in every way. Whatever, whatever you want people to follow in your leadership, you should model that in your own leadership. So here we see the concept of servant leadership, leading as a servant, and leading by example. It may sound counterintuitive, but I can tell you from experience, 42 years of full-time ministry, 18 years as a senior pastor, and then as a leader of many, as a district president district superintendent, general superintendent, I can tell you that when you lead with humility and service and example, you actually gain influence and respect. You actually become a more effective leader where people will follow you, not because of a position or not because you assert authority or not because you say God's going to discipline you if you
0: don't, but because they trust you.